am doing better than you, apparently. Yes. Uh, for, or for any Red Sox fans, because I, I think we definitely have gotten that point where it is time for major concern with all the issues going on between the offense and Trevor Story struggling, uh, Tanner Houck today, an ugly outing. It does feel like the Red Sox need a major reset in major conversation, something, especially with how well the Yankees and the Blue Jays are playing. Yeah, before we get to today's game, and I don't even have much to say on today's game, let's let's go to last night and let's go to what we were just talking about here. Garrett Whitlock, here's my position on this. I believe that the 2022 Red Sox would be best served with Whitlock as their closer. However... I think that Garrett Whitlock is on his way to becoming a very, very affordable, huge steal front end of the rotation guy. And if that is his long-term calling, then I'm kind of saying screw what's best for the 2022 Red Sox, leave him in the rotation, build him up so he can hit the ground running next year as a guy that can go six innings every time out. What do you think is the best role for Whitlock right now? I do think there's a time when you say, you know what, we have to start thinking more big picture. Um, it's too early for that for me. Um, you know, after watching uh, Deakman last night, I, I just feel like, look, uh, to have a lefty uh, as a closer who uh, allows opposing hitters to put the ball in play as much as Deakman does, I really feel like they need to find another solution. Now, maybe Whitlock is that. Um, for now, I think the focus has to be on trying to win games now. But at some point, with uh, Brady, I agree with you. They have to start thinking big picture. And what do you think about Matt Barnes? He's the guy who gets saddled with the loss yesterday and gives up the big home run to Taylor Ward in extra innings. So we talked about on opening day, I didn't think the Sox had any faith in him. Now, it turned out he had back problems, but his velo's down. He doesn't seem to trust his fastball. All he does is throw curveballs and change-ups now, which I've never even seen him throw until this year. What do you do with this guy that you've extended but appears to kind of be cooked right now? you got to put him at the back end of the bullpen. You, you can't put him in a position where you're relying on him. It's just not possible at this point. Uh, you know, again, we're sort of at that emergency time mode uh, where, you, you know, you have to uh, just do everything you can now to try to tread water and, and stop losing games in the standings. It's pretty clear you can't trust him. I don't think he trusts himself. I yeah. think your diagnosis is dead on. Really interesting nugget this week so we learned that Trevor Story about Trevor Story and his negotiations so he had similar offers to the one he got from the Red Sox from both Seattle and Texas turned them down then he ends up in Boston he's since fired his representation I don't think you fire people if you're happy with how the how everything went do you think he actually wanted to be in Boston originally I think he absolutely did want to be in Boston but I think what happened was um, that, um, you know, he was surprised in the negotiations about the, the vaccine mandate from the Red Sox. Because the Red Sox made the offer, but all along it was conditional on the fact that Story agreed to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when that was presented to him, along with a $140 million offer, he wasn't happy about it. He didn't think it should be, um, you know, he didn't think it should be attached and so, you know, through that unhappiness, uh, that's when he decided to fire his agent. I must say, hmm. 
Uh, I don't know necessarily if the other offers were comparable. And I would say this, his agents were swimming, swimming upstream against the perception that he's got a major elbow issue. Hmm. That he has, uh, um, you know, at some point, you know, that he that might require Tommy John surgery. That was the perception of a lot of other teams. Uh, and so actually when you think about that and you think about the fact he signed so late, $140 million, pretty good deal. But Trevor decided to fire his agents. Hmm. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider. We're going to talk more about that in the 6 o'clock hour, too. Buster's with us every Thursday here on the Brady Farkas Show. I don't want to get way into the weeds here on this, but we don't know. We'll find out, I guess, in July if the baseball qualifying offer system is going away. It might be it's tied to the international draft. Potentially, they're going to decide that in July. In July. So that would play into this. But if the Sox continue to struggle, could you see them trading Xander Bogarts this season? I think that, well, I, I'm sure it's going to be discussed. Um, not only him, but then, you know, Rich Hill and Michael Waka. Uh, you could begin to look at different pieces and parts. But I do wonder if at some point, Brady, if there's going to be a conversation above baseball operations about the direction of this team, uh, about the unhappiness of the fan base. Uh, you know, you think about where they were last July, and they were, you know, baseball's biggest surprise team. And to see where they are now, I think there is going to be a broader assessment going on. And in fact, um, you know, you and I have talked about how embarrassing the negotiations for Bogarts were, and how strange the one-year extension offer was when you compare that with what Trevor Story got, with what Javier Baez got. I would not be surprised if there would uh, be a major revisitation over that decision with Bogarts, that they would get back into it. I just, I think right now there are really, you know, high levels of concern about what's going on uh, and and sort of what, uh, you know, and and so I think the idea that they would, you know, look at midsummer and do a sell-off, that might work. If you're like a mid-market team, it's not going to work in Boston. Hmm. That's not going to play. And so, I, that, like I said, I think it'll be talked about. But I think in the end, you're going to see the you know Red Sox leadership double down and say, look, we need to try to win because we're the Boston Red Sox and we're a big market team. You know, I have generally been a major High and Bloom defender. You have not been shy about questioning High and Bloom. I guess the question is the, the direction of the franchise – is this a plan that Hyam Bloom has has brought on his own, or do you think a lot of the financial constraints and all that is being dictated to him, and he's playing by ownership's rules? Which one do you think it is? I think it's look when you're talking about negotiations involving Xander Bogarts, that's got to be an ownership call. Uh, in the end, ownership has to be the one that uh, you know has to effectively direct. Uh, Heim in terms of what he's doing. I might take a recommendation to them, but in the end, the buck stops with John Henry. It stops with Tom Warner. It stops with Sam Kennedy. Um, And I think that what's going on with the Red Sox right now uh, is it's such a a, a high degree of concern in in terms of the fan base. I I think that that you're going to have folks who are in a position of authority in that organization taking a broad assessment about what's going on. 
you know, earlier in the week, I was like, there's no harm in the Red Sox trying to bring in Robinson Cano. Now I don't think they necessarily need him. I'd rather see him just bring up Jaron Duran from AAA and see what the young kid can do instead of the old guy. Do you think Cano's going to get picked up by, by – he'll get picked up by somebody, but will anybody good be picking up Robinson Cano, you think? Look, I, I think that you're going to have teams who are going to be willing to say, look, we'll give you a minor league contract, give you an opportunity to go down and, and find your swing and, and try to get yourself back on track. But there are two things to remember about Cano. He was struggling really badly against high-velocity fastballs, which is what happened when you get older. Um, the second thing is it was a rhetorical question brought up to me by a friend of his about Robbie, and he said, why do you think that he – uh, took PEDs. As you know, he was busted twice for PEDs after he got his contract, and the answer was the the reason why uh, he did that was because he felt like he needed to that to get and play well. Hmm. And if that's how he's feeling internally, then it does kind of make you wonder, you know what, this might be the end. Buster Olney of ESPN with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM WDEV Radio. Dot com. We saw Otani pitch today. He hit third in each game. He hit a ringing ball off the wall today. He had a 395-foot single. He threw 82% strikes today, which is like the highest rate of strike percentage by a visiting pitcher in like 25 years at Fenway. He just did everything. It's just mesmerizing to watch, Buster. Well, uh, and it gives you an idea of uh, why you know he was unanimous selection for the MVP last year. Remember when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. after the voting came out, he said, you know, that, uh, you know, the voting should have been closer. No, it shouldn't have. Hmm. Because what we're seeing with Otani is something we've never seen before. He's always been compared to uh, Babe Ruth. It's not Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth wasn't as good as Otani is. Um, You know, uh, and so, you know, for someone to be that phenomenal an athlete, and that's what you always heard about Otani, that, you know, not only could he hit the ball a long way, but he also is able to repeat his delivery. He can run as well as he does. It does feel almost inhuman that you could have someone with that, uh, you know, broader rate of skills, which is why I think last year, you know, as he was having that success, everybody from J.J. Watt to, you know, folks playing basketball wanted to, um, you know, see him play because it was so unusual. You know, interesting story written by your colleagues at ESPN yesterday. It was Alden Gonzalez and somebody else, I, I apologize for not remembering, it was about the actual baseball itself. And we've heard a lot about the dead ball and the balls are different and the balls are squishy. It feels like, you know, Buster, in 2019, the balls were fresh, you know, like when you take them fresh out of the tennis ball canister. And then the balls they're using now are the balls that get used if they were played with all three sets at Wimbledon or something like that. What is going on with the baseballs? Yeah, and there's no doubt that the data suggests that baseball is not flying as far. Uh, you do wonder, is it the humidor? Um, you know, is it a combination of the humidor and all the great pitching? But offense is down, and part of the reason why I believe is that the baseball is not flying as far. You hope that as the weather warms up, um, you know, maybe that will begin to change. Maybe baseball will start to <laughs> introduce some balls that fly a little bit more. I was talking with a baseball official the other day. He said, we know they're capable of changing the baseball because we see it in the home run derby every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that they can, you know, they can, uh, they can create a different product. The sport needs it. It needs offense. You really hope that before the 2023 season, whether it's the baseball 
or regulations about shifts or some kind of rules, uh, you know, regulating the use of relief pitchers, the sport needs change to get more offense. You know, Buster, I've always been a fan of getting rid of this, you know, changing the shift. I've been open to some of these new ideas. The one thing I've always defended is keeping the umpire, and I've never wanted to go to a robo-ump and all that, but my God, the umpiring this year just seems to be atrocious. And I don't want to be that guy, but like, I'm watching Marcelo Zuna get punched out yesterday on three pitches, none of which were strikes. I'm seeing J.P. Crawford, who never yells, flip out on an umpire. It seems like the umpiring has been atrocious. And then you throw in what happened to Madison Bumgarner yesterday. Does the umpiring seem worse to you this year? It doesn't to me. Um, in fact, I've had conversations with players who really believe that the young umpires who make up the bulk of the umpiring group are actually really good. Mm. <laughs> and and they have been better. But I do think that baseball needs to look at its system for grading umpires. Uh, you know, we all talked about the Angel Hernandez game on Sunday Night yeah. Baseball. Uh, what was it, 11 days ago? Um you know, what I heard was is that his grade for his performance in that game was 96, okay? Joe West said that uh, in a radio interview, I believe, with WEI, and that seemed incredible to me. So I, you know, followed up on it, someone at Major League Baseball, and said, if Angel Hernandez got a 96 for that game when he missed so many calls, is that below average? Well, it turns out that it is. You can get uh, the average score for an umpire in a game is 97 and a half. Wow. Until they start to hold these guys accountable and not have everybody graded on a curve to make them look better, I don't see how you're going to change behaviors like we saw. And with Dan Bellino, look, I know Dan. I think he's a good baseball guy. He made a terrible mistake in how he handled the Bumgarner situation. You know, as, as a lot of former players have pointed out, uh, it really looked like that he was baiting Bumgarner. I do think there's, uh, you know, it, whether it's this evening or it, shoot, it may have already happened. Uh, but some discipline, I think, is going to come down from Major League Baseball to Bellino because that was so egregious. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB insider. Buster, appreciate you as always. Red Sox will start a series with the White Sox, who are now playing better, so it's not going to get any easier for the Sox at Fenway this weekend. Buster, have a great uh, a great weekend, and we will talk to you in seven days. Okay, Brady.